Are you sure this is the right frequency? Yeah, dude. Haley said this is it. You'd believe the world was flat if Haley told you it was flat. No, I... Shut up. Relax, dude. Chill out. I'm only yanking your chain. Oh. Uh, uh, this had better not be some kind of joke everyone else is in on. Man, nah. David swore that this shit talked to him. Told him about his family and all. Some of them bastards at school might lie to me, but David wouldn't do it to my face. Mm. Yeah, I guess you're right. So what do we have to do? We gotta have the frequency tuned in before 3.30 a.m. Apparently, that's pretty important. You have to have it tuned in beforehand. It won't work if you try to tune in after the broadcast. Bullshit. I'm just telling you what I've heard. Don't shoot the messenger, all right? All right, man. Sorry. Only other thing is, we gotta be sitting in the dark when it happens. Or else it doesn't happen either. Uh, sounds like bullshit, too, but I'm willing to go along with it. What time are we at now? 3.28. Get the light. Right. So, what do we do now? We wait. What happens if this does actually work? Don't you mean if it doesn't? Nah, dude. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about what's going to happen if this works and we get, what, a broadcast from hell? That's what they're all saying. I guess we'll have to see, won't we? Now shh, it's almost time. into the pulsating heart of the strange, dark, and terrible. I am your host, Balam, and we've got a particularly busy show today. What the fuck? A news broadcast? What the fuck? Welcome to our first Shh. news story. Several more disappearances of children from across the worlds. Yes, that's right. Reports indicate that 38 children were abducted from as many separate worlds. All children were taken from their homes under the cover of night, without any visible signs of entry. Doors and windows were left locked, and home alarm systems had not been tripped. While the kidnapper, or kidnappers, have not left any form of calling card, authorities seem to be treating these cases as linked. King Morix of the Crystalline Citadel of Mose has put out a reward of 22,000 chips for information leading to the return of his son, Xilzo. In the absence of any information on the perpetrator's identities or MO, parents are being cautioned to keep a close eye on their children until further progress has been made on the case. Oh, this is fucked. Out on the Man. plains of bone, where tortured souls cry out for mercy they will never receive. It's looking like there's going to be a blood rain. A front is blowing in from the Wailing Coast, and it looks to set stay for the coming month. While this may be an inconvenience to some, this comes to widespread happiness and joy from local farmers who ensure that the gallons of fresh blood falling from the sky will be a good source of nutrients for the multiple species of flesh-eating worms, which populate the ground to torment the sufferers. And also for this year's crop of Tenebrous Foxglove. And now, on to a word from our sponsors. 
Today's show is brought to you in part by Flesh Harvest. Flesh Harvest is the subscription-based service which delivers ritual meat, gore, and viscera directly to your door. I've been using Flesh Harvest for years for parts of my hunger rituals, and I'm so glad to have them as a sponsor today. Flesh Harvest sources only the highest quality and most delicious cuts of flesh. Any type of flesh you Dude, want, Flesh Harvest got it. What? Don't this? believe me? I mean, Listen this is a bit gory and all, but it's just some dude being a little spooky on late night radio. I don't get what everyone at school is so stressed about. It's not. <sighs> I'm trying to broadcast. Why do you insist on interrupting? Was my show not good enough for you to sit down, shut up, and listen? Fine. If sponsored segments aren't your thing, let's switch it up and go to another segment which is a favorite of mine. Listener stories. This is part of the show where we call a lucky listener for a story. We don't usually get to listener stories this early in the show, but some people are impatient, it seems. Time for our first caller, Emmett and Isosa. Are you there? Um. Hello, Isosa and Emmett. You guys still there? Aw, oh, don't tell me you've gone all quiet now. You've had so much to say earlier on, when I was doing my ad read. Y- you can hear us? Of course I can. Radios work both ways. So... So, what? Your story. You want us to tell you a story? <laughs> oh no. I'm going to tell you your story. Uh... Quiet. I'm talking now. This is the story of Isosa and Emmett. Isosa and Emmett were two lonely, lonely souls who lived in an out-of-the-way town that was just barely lucky enough to make it onto a map. Emmett liked to think that his unpopularity at school was because all the other kids just simply couldn't appreciate his coolness. In truth, no one liked Emmett because he was a creep and thought no one knew about how he liked to torture small animals in his spare time. Oh, but they knew. They all knew. They mightn't have been able to do anything about it, but they knew. And Isosa... Well, Isosa just made the mistake of being friends with Emmett, and that's followed him round like a bad smell for years. Man, is that true? No, it's bullshit. I, I, I never... Don't do us the disservice of lying, Emmett. We all know you're not telling the truth. But that's beside the point. Shut up and stop interrupting my story. Ibn and Isosa were sitting in Emmett's room on the 11th floor of a high-rise apartment block. It was Emmett's stepdad's apartment. Emmett's stepdad, Earl, wasn't home enough to be an authority figure for Emmett, and coming home to an empty apartment most evenings sent such a rush of self-deluded power to his head. Oh, what a king he must feel. And yet, all the power he felt at having an apartment to himself or how it felt to break something smaller than he was, Emmett still stood on the outside, 
like an unwanted guest looking through the windows of your house. Emmett felt wronged by his classmates, wronged by the world, and he wanted to hurt them back. But he couldn't figure out a way to hurt them and get away with it. So he watched and waited and observed them from a distance, trying to figure out a way to get closer. When Isosa tells him about a radio station everyone at school is talking about, how it seems to speak from the depths of some deep darkness, he knew he needed to get on this. Isosa, poor Isosa, never knew any of this. So here they are, sitting in the dark, while the sound of my voice fills the room. Emmett is trying hard not to throw up, wondering if there's a way he can salvage this. It idly crosses his mind that he could take out Isosa and probably get away with it. Isosa can't bring himself to look at the person he thought was his friend. There aren't any other noises within the room. Or are there? They sit, straining their ears to hear anything. They don't hear any of the downstairs neighbors going about their day-to-day lives. They don't hear the sound of the wind outside the window. They don't hear the sound of something climbing up the side of the building. What's that meant to mean? You trying to scare me? Not trying. We don't have to put up with this. It's, it's all lies. Is something a lie if eventually it becomes true? What is a lie, really? A promise can be a lie. A fact can be a lie. If you look at it from the right angle. So, when I tell Isosa and Emmett that the thing crawling up the side of the building didn't have more limbs than necessary, that long, thin mouths full of razor-sharp teeth ran the length of its distorted, jaundiced body, that hundreds of tiny, deep-set eyes looked out from sunken sockets with a hungry face, that its claws dug deep into the exterior of the building as it climbed its way up, Would that be a lie? I don't see anything out there. Do you? No, but it's dark, man. It could be anything out there. See? I told you he was lying, that this guy's just some sicko who gets his kicks from scaring people. The creature made no sound as it moved its way up the building. It didn't move with the slowness of something unsure of where to go. No, this was the slow creep of a predator that knows exactly where its prey is. Its long, thin, many-jointed fingers probed their way upwards before hooking themselves into the brick. It knew where it was going, and there was little that Emmett and Isosa could do to dissuade it from climbing. This was a creature unsuited to concepts like reason or compassion. It only knew the single-minded drive of the hunt. It dealt exclusively with biting, tearing, rending. It was a thing created teeth and claws first, and the rest was merely created to help move and use them. Hmm, I wonder. Could a lie be closing in so completely on the two boys? 
Could a lie hear Emmett's breathing hitching on every inhale? Or smell the sweat on Isosa's palm? Why are you doing this? What, what did we do to deserve this? Deserve? How typically human of you to expect the universe to bend around what you do or don't deserve. For some things in a universe, all they know is hunger. They simply act without knowledge of or care for the consequences. They are truly free. The creature is climbing up the side of your building, whether you believe it is or not. It knows it is hungry, therefore it simply is. So, when it comes through the window and cracks you open and uses its long, thin fingers to root through your insides for the sweetest, juiciest meat, know that, in the grand scheme of the universe, belief and morality mean nothing to hunger. I'm going to tell you something now, something true, so listen carefully. This will hurt. It will be the single most painful thing you've ever experienced, but only for a short time. At some point in the middle of it, breaking your rib cages open with its hands so it can better reach what lies inside, your body will go numb from shock and you won't feel it as it begins harvesting. So many mouths to feed, and all so hungry. You'll pass away from shock and blood loss before it's finished on your chests. You'll never get to know what it does when it gets to your face. Such a shame, really. It's nearly here, securing its position before making the final leap. Safe in the knowledge to pray and not escape. I won't lie to you and say I'm sorry for what's about to happen. Oh my god. It's here. And that's all we've got for listener stories at Zuzu FM tonight. I've been your host, Malam, eternal and hungering in the shark shadows. I'll see you all in the next witching hour where hopefully my broadcast won't be so rudely interrupted. I wish you all the safety of the shade and happy hunting. Good night. No, 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 no! 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 Among the Stacks is an upcoming narrative anthology podcast set in an infinite library outside of space and time, featuring stories written by and starring some of your favorite podcasters, authors, and actors. The title of today's teaser, They're Playing It Somewhere But You Have to Find It, was taken from the novel The Virgin Suicides by Jeffrey Eugenides. It was written by Nigel McKeown and starred the voices of Jeremy Enfinger as Balam, Neo Upad as Emmett, and Jeremiah Joker Render as Isosa. It was produced and scored by Linwood with credits music by Alex Schwartz. You can find more information about the show on this feed or on our Twitter at Among Stacks or on our Tumblr, Among the Stacks Podcast, where future updates will be posted. Until then, stay tuned 
stay listening, and sapere aude.